everybody. Welcome back to the podcast, All the Things with Luke Tim. I am Luke Tim, and I have an awesome podcast for you guys today. This is what I've always hoped for for podcasts, is to try and get people in and have meaningful conversations, especially uh, where we don't agree, uh, especially where we see the world a little bit differently. And that is exactly what I got um, with my buddy Ace. Ace and I are, are good friends, and the way in which we met was as simple as I wanted to start getting some tattoo work done, and I searched for the best tattoo artist in Des Moines, and that's Ace. So that's where I went. And just by chance, he turns out to be a really great guy. So you spend a couple hours with somebody, uh, with them inflicting pain upon you and having cool conversations. Turns out we're good friends. So yeah, this is a, a conversation we veer all over the place. Um, to give you some background on Ace, he's very different from me. He's uh, very far left. Uh, progressive doesn't even really fit him. He's socialist. Um, he is a vegan. Um, yeah, you're, you're going to hear some perspectives that I don't share the same thoughts and ideas. What I dig about this is we're able to have those conversations in meaningful ways and find places where we agree on sentiment, to we agree on on philosophy in, in some ways, and it plays out in our minds differently, but but it's a healthy conversation, and that's, I think, what what is important about conversations like this. Is we have to learn how to have healthy conversations with people that are different from us because those differences do not make us worse off. They make us better off. It's better for us to be uh, a diverse people. So, uh, yeah, some stuff about Ace. He works at Yankee Doodle Dandy Tattoo in Des Moines. It's down by Drake, so if you need some work done, get down there. Uh, follow them on Instagram, Facebook, Yankee Doodle Dandy Tattoo. Best place to follow him is probably on his Instagram. That is Ace Wild. And that is spelled A-C-E-W-I-L-D-E. Um, he works with Iowa Farm Sanctuary. They rescue animals that are destined to be slaughtered to go out of the farming, uh, the factory farming situation. And we talk about that a little bit, about the problems of factory farming, his veganism, uh, my hunting. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're all over the place on this podcast, but it was cool. I really like it. So I want to say thanks for him. Uh, thanks to him for coming in, and uh, without further... Oh, one last thing. I think at the end of this, um, I'm, I'm going to tack on just one thought. Uh, not like a point-counterpoint, but it's one of those things where last night laying in bed, I'm like, man, I wish I had a said. So I'm going to stick it on the end of this thing, and um, I hope you stick around. I won't, keep, I won't make it very long, but uh, yeah, without further ado, please welcome my good friend, Ace. Podcasts are like that. It drives me crazy when people come in and, and want to sit down for a podcast and we chit chat for twenty minutes. I'm like, yeah, this is good. <laughs> this is what we're supposed to be doing. Stop it. <laughs> so, Ace man, how you been? Good. Let me put my phone on. Do not disturb. Cool. So, I'm good. How are you? I am doing really well. Busy. Yeah. So busy. <laughs> I know how that is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Your life is crazy right now. Between. Work, uh, relatively new marriage still. You're still in that. Yeah. Getting we were to, almost the two years. Yeah. It's not too bad. And, uh, um, 
What do you, you call it? The farm or the sanctuary? Sanctuary. Okay. I want to talk about that too. Well, I figured we, we got so many things to talk about. <laughs> Uh, all right, for everybody listening, this is Ace. Um, met you, uh, tat- I, I was looking for a tattoo guy, and you're a tattoo guy. I am. So that, that literally is how I found you, was online. Um, I liked your art, and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but since then, it's it's been fun to hang out and, and get to know you a little bit when you sit down and, and uh, have work done for two hours at a time. Yeah, there's like, there's always those customers, you know. I don't want to call you a customer because we've become right like acquaintances and then friends, you know. But the first time. But that's there's a lot of like clients or if you want to call them customers that like you sit down, you're sitting with them for two hours. Right. And then like, oh, we're having like great conversation. Cool. This is great. But there's also customers that like. I don't want to speak to that outside of work. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I can imagine, like, if you get somebody who's just an asshole and you have to do a big piece on them, that must suck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not so much assholes because I can, like, I can usually control a, a conversation with an asshole. Right. It's the people that have, like, no personality. What do you watch on TV? I don't really watch TV. <laughs> and there's no follow-up. And it's like, I don't know what to say to you. Right. <laughs> this is going to be terrible for two hours. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, we, we had an interesting conversation on Facebook. I thought that'd be kind of fun since I'm sure there's people <laughs> watching both of our, our Facebook pages uh, wondering about that. Um, over this whole um, uh, March for Life confrontation between the kid and the um, Native American guy, and I was—I thought that was a pretty healthy conversation. Yeah, that's the way it should be. <laughs> <sighs> Why can't that happen more often? I—I I really don't know. That's—I see it on both sides of every situation. Absolutely. You know, I like people like to challenge, like my veganism. You know, and they'll just get really upset and like even like close friends. And it's like, why can't we just have a conversation? Right. Like, because I'll yes and anything, <laughs> you know, like, like there was stuff that you said that I was like, all right. Yeah, you have a point. Like, I'm not going to sit there and be like, no, I just lost that argument. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think it's insecurity. I think people get nervous that if they find a chink in their armor, everything goes apart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's terrifying. <laughs> it just drives me insane because it's okay to be wrong. And it's it's okay to – I mean for me, like I, I don't get nervous about, you know, when, when people ask me a question, I don't know the answer. I just am usually like, I don't know. Yeah. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's research it and find the answer. Yeah. Now, my, my biggest thing on that whole thing was um, that I get worried about a kid that age – getting blowed up. I mean, it's, it is tens of millions of people. And what I was saying is, man, I, I did some stupid things when I was that age, when I was 16, man, if there were cameras and stuff around. My, my thing in rebuttal to that is what about Mike Brown? He did stupid shit. He's dead. Yeah. Why are we giving grace to this kid when, a kid like that, his mom is bombarded by people on the right that are saying he shouldn't have been doing that in the first place. Right. So you're this kid in the MAGA hat 
shouldn't have been doing that in the first place. If we're going to have the same reaction to a kid who is murdered by police over having some candy bars, we need to have like at least a similar reaction (laughs) to kids that are mocking Native Americans. We we need to have a similar reaction, you know, like. Right. But a similar reaction would be to kill him. (laughs) I'm saying like. (laughs) Right. That's like that's the thing is that the difference is. This woman's son was murdered over candy bars and this kid was mocking Native Americans and we're supposed to be like, no, that that kid's just being a kid. He's doing stupid shit. Well, this mom is bombarded with tens of millions of people telling her that her son deserved it. Yeah. You know, like, so like at the same point, I can't, I like, I don't want to give grace to anybody doing like committing crimes. You know, at the same right. time, I don't want to give grace to people like committing racist, like atrocities on camera that everybody is seeing. Right. You know, once you you got caught yeah. and that's you're going to have to live with it. And the fact that he said, I, I don't think I need to apologize for anything that changed as soon as he said, I don't think I should have to apologize for anything. You should. You should understand that you did hurt people. Yeah. And that you should be like, I admit that I hurt people. I'm going to try to do better from here on out. But if you don't admit fault and you just go forward and say, I shouldn't have to apologize for anything. I wish I w- it wouldn't even happened, But it did. It did. If, if the kid doesn't learn anything from this, that's a real tragedy. Well, I that's mean, going on the Today Show and saying, I don't have to apologize for anything. Yeah. That's you didn't learn anything. His parents bought, like hired a huge PR firm. To like to swaddle him. Right. Like, yeah. Ten, tens of millions of people are coming after him, but we shouldn't be swaddling him and we shouldn't be telling him that he shouldn't apologize. Yeah. And I, I think when I, I think that he'll learn something from it, I, I think that at 16, man, I, I didn't learn anything. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> I was I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's a me thing, but I think a lot of especially young men, it's hard. It's hard for us to get. Um, perspective until until we see just more shit in this world. You know? Yeah, that's it's, that was my point when we were talking. It was yeah. like, well, where do we go from here? Because this is a kid who's in a private school that's mostly white, that's sheltered away from all of these people, and yeah. then he has a PR firm sheltering him away, and his mom is like sheltering him away from the repercussions of his actions. So, like, we're sheltering right. him from. Poor people. We're sheltering him <laughs> from people of color. Right. We're sheltering him from people of other na- like nationalities, and then we're sheltering him from the repercussions of his own actions. Where do we go from there? Well, my hope is that um, we don't really know what's going on inside. Because my take on this, and it, it is just a take of that the interview is he was so highly coached in that. Oh yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, PR firm, right? If he yeah. wasn't highly coached, his parents wasted money. Yeah. They should be pissed. Um, I get this feeling that he, whatever he felt inside, he was told, do not apologize. Because if you say, I'm sorry, then <clears throat> you've admitted guilt or fault. And then then you're going to open up this whole new can of worms. And so he was probably coached. I'm, I really hope inside, you know, and, and it's not because uh, he's a Catholic kid, a kid of faith or anything like that. I just I just like to believe that. Um, 
there's potential in him when he's 20, 25 to look back like I did when I was 20. But see, that's the other thing is I know a lot of people who don't who look back on the stupid things they did and were like, oh, it was funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean. <laughs> that's the problem. I, I tell a lot of like, quote, glory stories about when I was 16 and yeah. working in a bar as a bouncer and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And when I'm telling my wife a story like that. I, just, I go, man, I was a shithead. Yeah. But at the same time, it did happen. And you have to find humor in a lot of those things, right. you know. And But at the same time, you have to be like, I was completely wrong. Right. You know. I've had to do this with my son. So I have, I have a 14-year-old son who I'm trying to teach to not be violent. And I, <laughs> I'm doing okay, I think. He hasn't hit anybody. He hit me once. Um, but it's, you know – to try and help him understand how violence doesn't work, I got to give him some examples. Personal examples work really well. So like you said, those those glory days of, of violence. Um, and I don't, I don't know, man. I, so the, back to the Mike Brown thing, that's part of our problem is the, the response on the other side isn't correct either. I mean there, there needs to yeah. be outrage over those things. You know, a, a person of color gets shot and killed and we're pissed off. You know, for at least ten minutes. Yeah, then, that's then, yeah. nobody's talking about the the kid from Kentucky right now. It right. was the last week. Poof. It's over. That drives me insane. That's that's why it's actually um, one of the things that drove this podcast. Is I am so sick of the just the whipsaw trying to keep up with the media. The next big outrage story, and I like to be informed on stuff, but it's exhausting. Oh yeah, and I can't get so wound up for. Uh, a week at a time over a new thing that that Trump or somebody said that I'm now supposed to be pissed off about. Yeah. I'm just so tired of I it. I think it's a little bit different when it's the president of the United States of America. If you make a racist joke about Native Americans and then mock a massacre that happened of people, we should be upset about that for a long, long time. And he had already said the racist joke towards Warren Years ago. Years ago. And he's still doubling down on it every time. Right. We should be upset about that more than we should be upset about this 15-year-old kid. Absolutely. And that's when I posted it, our conversation happened on a thing where I said, the president said this. Yeah. And then we have a kid who's wearing a hat that supports the president. Yeah. Doing the same actions that the president is saying. Right. He's they're they're all wearing Make America Great stuff, which that does not support the country. It doesn't support Republicans. It supports Donald Trump. Yeah. That's it. That's a campaign slogan for him. And all of those kids were wearing Make America Great stuff while mocking Native Americans literally days after the president just mocked Native Americans. And so this is I mean to to my perspective, that's part of our problem is we are more pissed off at this kid. The, the kid got way more attention over this than the president. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not a, a Donald Trump guy. I but wouldn't I, figure you were. <laughs> but I'm going to say this. It, he's brilliant. He's brilliant in that. I, PR firms. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> something, right? Or maybe he's just wealthy enough to pay people. But I, I can't imagine there's a PR firm out there telling me, all right, I'll say a racist joke. <laughs> like, that yeah. doesn't seem right. Uh, but it's something like, you know, he's able to flip this thing around so quickly over and over again where there's something else. And I can't remember 
which am I more pissed off about with this, with Trump? Is it yeah. this, this, or this? <laughs> you know, which one is it? And at the end of the day, um, I end up, my, my outrage ends up elsewhere. Yeah. Because I, I, I just, it's exhausting. But my outrage does not end up <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, holding the like federal employees in the country hostage for five weeks yeah. and then to not to just lay out, lay down. Right. But he laid down because workers stood up and we were like, no, we're done. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, well, we shut down airports. We better uh-huh. fix this problem. Yeah. I don't know what's going to what that turn is going to go towards, but. And again, all of that I, I feel is – I'm of the opinion both sides uh, I have given up on. I've given up on Democrats and Republicans. Oh, yeah. I mean – I'm all done. I've never been there. You know, yeah. like I – my the first presidential election I ever voted in, I voted for the Green Party candidate. Nice. You know, so I went right out of the gate. I was like, I'm not following the rules. I had a lot of friends that were like, you're the reason Bush got elected. And I was like, my one vote is not that reason. Right. And I'm going to vote for the person I think is right for the job. That's that's the duty. Right. You vote for the person you think is right for the job. And even back then in 2000, I thought climate change is the most important thing. And now here we are Mm -hmm. 19 years later. Mm -hmm. We're still – trying to fix that problem and it's getting worse and worse and worse right what drives me crazy is i i can't hardly tell the difference between the two parties anymore so you know which is the party of of small government the one that just recently passed a huge budget and (laughs) and bumped up how much um we're spending on the military or you know which is the war party the one where um president obama hit more people with drones than ever before it started wars and like i which one is which? Yeah. I don't get it. They're they're the same people. Yeah. They're just kind of moving the they they're just shuffling have things. Tiny issues that like, well, we'll do this and then we'll do this. Yeah. And it's like, well, you're just warmongers and you're like you're you want your government to be this almighty thing. Yeah. While you're saying you don't want the government to do anything. Yeah. You want it to outlaw things and have a police state controlling how people live their lives Mm -hmm. while saying, I don't want the government in my life. Yeah. And it's like, so when Boehner flipped and is now this guy who is all about medical marijuana and recreational marijuana, like owns these farms and stuff. I'm like, (laughs) so all of those years when you were so anti-weed, you were just full of shit and you were just waiting to cash in. (laughs) Or, or the, he had lobbyists that were telling him, this is how we want you to vote. And yeah. If you don't vote that way, we're not going to give you this hundred thousand dollars for right. your campaign. Right. So, so let me ask you a wide open question just to see where the response goes. What do you think about a border wall? What's your opinion on it? I think it's ridiculous because all it's going to do is the biggest thing to me, obviously, is wildlife and the like the environment in that area. Right. You put a, a wall across the whole southern border. Of a continent, like right in the middle of a continent, you are going to do extreme things to the environment, to wildlife, to plant life, to waterways, everything. And then you topple, you top that off with eminent domain where they're going to go in and yeah, take dude. a bunch of people's land that they own yep. just to do that. That's not that's not making America great again. Like it's only going to make things worse. 
Yeah. And then, I mean, not to mention the other problems with like, yeah. the cost, the upkeep, the... Right. Know. See, that's something that bothers me as far as cost goes. When you're, when you're talking um, billions of dollars, it sounds like a ton of money. But as far as like the defense budget, that's $700 billion. That's a rounding error. Yeah. <laughs> like if we just decided to kill a few less brown people in other countries... We could pay for that wall. Well, and which I'm for. <laughs> Let's kill less people. Plus, all the all that <laughs> uh, the military stuff in the Middle East causes a lot of the upset people in the Middle East. <laughs> you think we keep fighting? Against. Yeah, yeah, oh, uh, yeah. And so I've got I've got family who are pretty hardcore Democrats, and they were talking how upset they are that we're pulling out of Syria because of the Kurds. I'm like, well. But we shouldn't have been there in the right, first place. We started that. Like that's, that's our problem. Assad is there because we put him there. Yep. Like, S- same with Hussein. Yep. You know, like <laughs> so, we put him there. Yeah, it turns out that's a bad policy every single time. And now we're doing the same thing in Venezuela. We're saying yeah. we're saying no. We're supposed we support this guy, and we're going to push this guy to be the leader. We're doing the same thing. And why are we doing that? Oh, with Venezuela. Could it be the, there's a bunch of oil. There? Giant oil reserve, maybe the biggest ever discovered. That's probably unrelated. Um, yeah, I wonder why it happened in Iraq. Weird, Syria. huh? <laughs> well, Syria is uh, an interesting one. That's a whole proxy war with uh, Russia and Iran because of the uh, pipeline that they're trying to yeah, push through Saudi Arabia. I mean, yeah. it's. We got so I'm, I'm a bit anti. I'm a bit non-interventionist. Like let's just stop killing people. And if I get it, it's not great to be like if you want to kill people, you go ahead and do that. But at some point, they have to police themselves. Yeah, I think, and it's costing us a lot of money and lives that I, I just don't think we have any business in the area. Uh, but back to the border, I'm I'm all for tightening up the border, but I don't necessarily know that the wall is the right way to do it. Yeah, exactly. Nobody who has any knowledge of international affairs, immigration, democracy, like diplomacy, I mean, trade, anybody who has actual knowledge of that, they're not going to say we shouldn't have a secure border right. and we shouldn't be knowing who is crossing that border. Right. I, I'm of the thought of because I'm a socialist, because of the information age, because of the fourth industrial revolution – I realize that the world is now a a population. It's not USA. It's not Mexico. It's not Canada. But you still have, like, within the United States, they're states. Yeah. You still have conglomerates of people. And in order to know what's going on in those areas, you still have, like, city, state governments. Mm -hmm. Because you still need to know what's happening there. Yeah. You need to know what the issues are that are plaguing people. And so we still have to have a border for the United States because it's an established government. And so we need to know who is crossing that border. Yep. Like that's anybody who has that knowledge cannot say we don't need tighter immigration. Right. Yeah. And and, uh, so I'm, I'm, when when people talk about open borders, um, no borders, no walls, no America, all that, that one world stuff, I just shake my head. You just haven't been other places. Yeah. You, you haven't you haven't realized how differently people live. Yeah. And I was I was trying to explain that to a friend of mine to say, you know, people who if, if we just say, All right, no no borders in North America were one government. Okay. Now let's make a law about the EPA. 
Yeah. And say, here's here's what you can and can't do with your water. Well, there's going to be a lot of people in a lot of different places who are very upset because they've, they view the environment differently. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work. I mean, it's the, the, that's happening. The United States is enormous. I think the United States is a, as big as you can get. Yeah. Beyond I mean, us, it's too big. I mean, Russia's huge. Canada's huge. But they also don't have as dense populations in right. those areas. And or, we are dense across the board and and our we happen to be a country that is very diverse as far as our climate goes Mm -hmm. i mean in in canada it's cold Cold. (laughs) (laughs) it's winter then it's spring and then it's winter (laughs) that's about all you get yeah i mean it's the the way in which rules and regulations for water in arizona are going to be different than minnesota where they're literally underwater all the time Mm -hmm. so you have to have borders and i think this is a hate doing this but coming back to the brilliance of donald trump is he changed the conversation from immigration to wall yeah dude i i'm all for good immigration i'm I'm also of the opinion by the way that um more immigrants is more better i i think that is good weeding out the ones that shouldn't be here or coming for the wrong reasons is important canada does Right. <laughs> you know, the, a lot of Americans cannot go to Canada right. for that reason. Right. And they're doing everything way better than us, you know. And Imagine well, they that. have that awesome wall that goes all the way from Washington <laughs> to New Hampshire. Yeah. Right? I've seen it. Right. Yeah. Uh, I maybe missed that one. But yeah, that's that comes back to like what party is what? Because Obama did more for tightening up immigration than bush ever did right you know and so if you want to be the party that's like all about tightening up immigration let's tighten up immigration let's continue with the like policies that were going into effect that's not just like right like no that wasn't ours yeah so we like since we can't take credit for it we let's not do that yeah let's build a giant wall and that's that's where i i think that um Back to why is it that we can't have civil conversations for the most part anymore is is tribalism. I mean I, I do a lot of work in places where tribalism is a real thing. And um, the beauty of the way this country started was people kind of had tribes. But like you came over from Germany or, or Italy, whatever it was, you, you may have tribed up a little bit in your little German town or you know uh, the Italian neighborhoods. Yeah. But everybody was like, we're Americans. Like except, that, except for if you were a person of color. Yeah. Until I just know. about a century ago. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that's, that is um, that is the unique one, right? Because people, even like who is a person of color, has shifted over the years. Oh, yeah. Because Italians used to be oh, yeah. people of Irish color. Irish people, yeah. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> like from, from my perspective of being 40 years old, looking back like, yeah, that's weird. I, I would never have thought of an Irish person or an Italian person as ethnic. Yeah. I mean, in a, in a racist way, I, I get yeah. people are racist against, against black people, but really people hated Irish people. <laughs> like, don't you get together every year in March and get hammered? Oh, yeah, now. <laughs> <laughs> that's been my whole life. So yeah. that's all I know. Um, yeah. yeah. Back to tribalism. I think that's it. I think that's the issue is, um, it's tur- we we've gone backwards and and taken a step backwards to now be us versus them. Yeah, and you're almost forced to pick a side. Yeah, I refuse. <laughs> I agree, and we need to do something about getting a third party. And I don't even care who it is. I don't even think a third party. You have, uh, 
I mean, I guess there still needs to be like groups of consultants and like we need to figure that stuff out. But we we all know that the party system isn't working. Right. You know, yeah. it's not working. And especially now, you know, like it's just making people like, no, no, you no you. And it's like, well, I think that I think a third party is, a, is an awesome first step because I think it goes. I think if you get third party, we're going to get fourth, fifth and sixth quickly. That's and, a thing. And I think the biggest thing of that is the media. Oh, yeah. Because the rules that you can't be a part of a debate unless this yeah, and this. Yeah, yeah. That drives me insane. Yeah. Let's get the white nationalist party up <laughs> on that stage and have everybody go, whoa, whoa. So definitely not that. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good, yeah. Okay, not, that, not those guys. You know, but then you have also have the problem of the, once you give people airtime for stuff like that. That's what I think a lot of the big problem with – uh, the unite the right and everything like that, like Charlottesville. Yeah. Once you start giving people like, uh, what's his name? The like super clean cut white nationalist guy. Oh, I know who you're talking about too. Um, uh, he got punched in the face. Yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. But Richard, he, Richard something. Richard Spencer. Yep. He gets tons of airtime, hmm? and then what happens? The like super right wing people start to like accumulate they start to be more vocal mm-hmm. you know like so it's a slippery slope like do i want the my green party or the socialist <laughs> party up yeah. on the stage well that's the thing is I, th- I think you have to open it up and which is what makes it, the internet so cool is it, it's an open platform for anybody except it can also um, rally people together in a way that used to not exist mm-hmm. because i mean if, if there's if, if there's 10,000 super crazy Richard Spencers out there in our country, they're probably scattered around far enough away that they don't even know each other exists until mm-hmm. you get to YouTube. Now YouTube pops up and all 10,000 can get together in one place and watch one video. And now we can start a website and mm-hmm. a chat room and a this, and a, that's a problem. Um, but I'm, I'm also very much against censorship. Like I don't like yeah. the idea that YouTube is deciding what is too crazy? I I think once it becomes the we'll we'll take the Richard Spencer like yeah. aspect of it. He's not an ethnic cleanser, but right. people who follow him are. Once you start saying that there needs to be an eradication of certain like groups of people, that becomes a problem. That becomes murderous. It becomes yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> that's definitely so like, a problem. <laughs> what, that's the whole thing in the United States is like you have your rights. You have your right to freedom of speech. You have like you have your rights unless your rights start to infringe on other people's rights. Correct. And if, if yep. your, your speech is I think all brown people should be killed, you don't have that right anymore. That You don't have a right to just say that. Like you're infringing on the other other people's rights. You're inciting people like people get in like charged for inciting riots. Like, yeah, once you start saying things that it's inciting people to start killing people, which is happening where we have people going into mosques and killing people, they go into like black churches and kill people. Then you shouldn't have like you don't get to say that stuff anymore right you know? it's, my worry gets it's who who draws the line I, I get nervous about that just because some of the stuff that's happening in canada with the laws against um speech that is violent 
and it may it can be real small stuff that I would not call violent speech. Yeah, I would I would call. I mean, I think that guy's an asshole. <laughs> like like Jordan Peterson. Yeah. I actually really like a lot of the stuff that Jordan Peterson says, and he's an asshole. Like both things can be true, yeah. and and his refusal to um to use a, a gender or the the idea about the law about the gender pronouns and stuff like that. Ah, maybe you agree, maybe you don't agree with him, but is that violence? And should he be charged with a crime for not using somebody's pronoun correctly? That, uh, yeah, I mean, there's always slippery slopes, like yeah. I just said. Like, but once, but when there's people who, I mean, the black trans community, we have to like think about that. Mm-hmm. So not only are they like being oppressed because they're of a different color. They're, they're also trans, so they're also oppressed by their own community. Yes. And so the the rate of murder is higher for black trans people than it is for anybody else. I believe it. So once we start saying like, well, you're a he, not a she, and it's like when uh, when the statistic is so high for uh, people to be born with both genitalia we have to understand that gender is fluid that everybody is born with different levels of different hormones we are born with different levels of our genitalia we could have both you could have ovaries right now and not know it because it's hidden yep and like if it's insightful it should be wrong but if you if you just say so, like something to somebody, if somebody calls me a fag, you know, like it hurts my feelings. But I mean, me personally, it doesn't hurt. Yeah, I was my gonna feelings. say, I'm just really? gonna be like, what, <laughs> what did you just say? You know, but like, but if they were like, I'm gonna kill you, fag, then no, you can't. Or I want to kill fag. Yeah, and when people, but in say incite that. That type of behavior, yeah. there is a problem, but it's a slippery slope. It is, and that's that's what I get worried about: is inciting it. Is it's how do you decide that person is inciting it versus um, that guy's just running his mouth and somebody else is kind of a kook? Yeah, you know, somebody's just crazy and was like, "Yeah, let's definitely do that." <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's complicated, and that's that's one of the things that I think we also need to work together because we are kind of in these parties, right? There is whether you and I, um, I'm, I'm probably center, right. You're probably center left or maybe oh, you're way farther left. Maybe you're further think. so way far, far left. left. You've passed yeah. them. Out, I'm not a Democrat. <laughs> I'm a socialist. Yeah. I have no, like, you know, I know, I understand that that's not a reality in this country and, and it might not be in my lifetime, but having seats at a table yeah. and having all ideals, yeah. like, that's my ideal. And I want to have a conversation and we should have a conversation and meet somewhere in the middle. Well, I don't think but, I'm, I'm not um, I don't think socialism is viable, but anybody who's afraid of the word is they don't understand libraries and fire departments or schools <laughs> or police departments. And there's like a lot of things that we highways and we do a lot of socialist stuff. And like, so the idea that there's nothing socialist about our country is. Yeah, insane. Which will bring us back to yeah fourth fourth, fourth industrial revolution. Go ahead. Well, you were, no, you were <laughs> yeah. saying you were like right of center, 
Yeah. Um, So we have to have these kind of conversations um, that aren't tribal and and be willing to give each other a little bit of grace when I screw up or when you screw up. Um, And it's it's okay. And this is where right or wrong, I I put that kid in the MAGA hat somewhere in there. And um, it's a difference of, of opinion, maybe. But like. So one of the things I was I was going to um, bring up is the haka dance that the the kids do. It's offensive. I found out that they do that. They've done that for years. I, that it's a bunch of white kids from a Catholic school in Kentucky doing a haka. I know. Who told you you could do that? <laughs> Some adults. Because I'm not going to go do that on the street. Right. You know, I don't want The Rock or Roman Reigns to come punch me in the mouth. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> if they do, that would be the last time I ever got punched in the mouth. Yeah. Um, right. That, and so, But here's, here's where I was going to go with that is there is sort of a, uh, a sliding scale of racism that, you know, cultural pre- appropriation, we're both I – mean, it's gross – I would never do that. When I see that, I don't go to the same conclusion of that guy, you know, is is uh, one step away from wearing uh, a KKK hood and and burning or crosses. A MAGA hat. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Um, you know, it's 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 a little bit different because in in that regard, they think it's cool. Yeah. But I mean, they're they're not they're not white kids with dreads. And, yeah. You know. <laughs> well, even even that's an interesting one because if you go way back, oh, dreads. Yeah. Where did dreads really start? Is is I mean. But that's not where they're taking it from. Oh no, they're white reggae kids wearing an <laughs> Ethiopian flag shirt <laughs> right. with dreadlocks. Right. You know? right. Well, and, and so there's a good one. Is is a tattoo? Um, I had this debate with my with my brother. I want to get a Kenya tattoo. And I don't know if that's cultural appropriation. I think the work that you've done there makes it completely different. You know, if those, <laughs> if those kids, like, if there was like a kid from Samoa that would like went yeah. to that school, hey, let me like, show you hey, this thing. <laughs> the, and then we then we've done it for years since. Right. That's way different than way different. Oh, that's cool. I want it. Yeah. You know, it's not yours, right? You know, those kids. Then that's the instance that we're talking about was yes. those kids. Yep. It was in the same breath that they were tomahawk chomping and chopping and going, oh, like they were mocking yeah. that. Yeah. Right. So when you in the same breath mock Native Americans and then you do a haka dance, you may have thought that was cool, but you were just mocking these natives. Yeah. And now you're doing a native island dance. Right. So you've culturally appropriated this dance, right. but you were mocking yes. these people. Yes. So both of these things are racist things. The cultural appropriation isn't as harmful as mocking, but it's still racism. Agreed. It's still racist. It's agreed. And my, so my when, only concern on that is we don't always treat it as, as though it's a sliding scale and different. Oh, yeah. It's, like, I mean, it's the same thing. It's not the same thing. <laughs> no, it's not like it is a sliding scale of racism. For sure. And it's on this end of it. Yeah. You know? Oh, for sure. And and sometimes people just need that education. I mean, I so a, a good example is um, the Braves and a lot of Braves. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of Braves fans in my school growing up, which is weird in, in Milwaukee. And I think it's because it used to be the Milwaukee Braves. But then we had the Brewers and they moved. Anyways, oh. baseball. Who cares? But yeah, uh, everything I know about the Braves is <laughs> major league. Yeah, so. there you go. But it's that they have the tomahawk chop. Mm-hmm. 
Not okay. Not okay. Once we realize that's not okay, we should stop doing it. Yeah. You know, once you you know better, you do better. And you look at – as soon as you look at that guy, you you don't put the hood on him. You go, dude, you got to (laughs) stop. Like that's not cool and have the conversation. Yeah. And there's something about – there's something about the haka. Like when you watch it, you're like, oh, that is so, it's so cool. It's so, I've been a wrestling fan since I was a kid. Ah. So like – Superfly? I grew up with all these Samoans yeah. and there's like a big family of Samoans and then like – and a lot of them do the haka. And like when you see like a wedding party with the bride and groom mm-hmm. doing it, you're like, oh, that's fucking cool. I wish I could do that. <laughs> Right. No, I get it. And it's it's um that's that's where I think we have to have these complex conversations where both sides need to, like you you can't be on the right, which is, you know, not where I am, but where, like I said on online, that's where I come from, so I get it. Mm-hmm. I can't be that guy who comes out and be like, "Yeah, well, I can't do the tomahawk chalk at a at a baseball game anymore." No. Like you really can't. Yeah. And and you have to be willing to be like, "Okay, that's not cool. It's not my thing. I have to be open and listen. But on the left, you, you can't be the person who's like, you've been doing a tomahawk chop since you were in, eight years old. Yeah. Yeah. Cause <laughs> that's what 40,000 people in the stadium were doing. And we thought we were honoring the, yeah. the native Americans. I think there's been plenty of people to say that that was, wasn't cool for plenty of years. Yes. And those people should have been listened to. Yes. And it, it dies slow. Racism dies slow, man. But now that we have the information age, we are, we are constantly connected to everyone. Yes. We should be listening to the people who should have that voice in that conversation. Yeah. The dominant voice in that conversation. Yes. If Native American people tell the Atlanta Braves, no, we can't do this anymore. Right. Then people need to like – it's on those people to say, okay, I won't do it anymore. Right. If they refuse, that's racist. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're blatantly ignoring the person that you are oh, taking something from. <laughs> yeah. You're right. It shouldn't be fun. It's the the Redskins are the other really huge one. It's like, no, you've had a several people from these these indigenous tribes come to you and say that's racist. And you're like, yeah. nah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> No, you can't just now nah, I'm good and walk away from that. <laughs> like it doesn't work that way. But where where it's really complicated is just some some guy and he doesn't realize that the haka or the whatever and he, all he sees on in this information age, which is great, all he goes to YouTube and you get one guy shouting, This is stupid, everybody knows we're supporting Native Americans when we do this. And some other person saying, this is stupid. Everybody knows that it's harmful to Native Americans when we do this. That guy has to sift that data. And yeah. I have a, a low opinion of people's ability to <laughs> to well-sift data online. I just, yeah. We're not very good at it. Well, that comes back to if we're not able to police ourselves, we hire police officers to do it for us. So like as much as you and I don't like censorship – Somebody has to do it. Yes. So like. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It comes back to the slippery slope because like we hire police officers to police us for us because we can't police our own communities. And then like so we would have to start hiring somebody to police something online as well. Right. 
and that's socialist. And there is a there is a spot where I agree, because to, to leave it up to the capitalists, I mean, what is in the interest of YouTube? And what's in the interest of YouTube is more videos, more views, more traffic. Yeah. So some guy being hateful and drawing hateful people to watch, and then drawing the ire of other people to be like, I can't believe this hateful thing is on here. More traffic, more money. Mm-hmm. It's not in their interest to deplatform people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. There are, you know, I'm, I'm by no means a pure capitalist. I, I lean that direction in a lot of things. But when the incentive is money and that is contrary to human, um, the well-being of humans, yeah, we, we got to. But that's how I feel about capitalism. Yeah. Right. All capital, all this country was built on the back of people of color and people of poverty. And it's. And it continues to be. We have Walmart, which is taking tons of money from the government, but their employees can't live off of the wages that they have. Mm-hmm. That's capitalism. Yep. It's hurting these humans that are just trying to make a living while they take as much as they can. They hoard it. They don't put it back into the communities at the same scale that they're taking it from. They can say, we give back to our communities. Yeah. They don't put it back in the same scale that they take it. Right. You know, and then we have that's why the uh the vast difference in wealth has grown and grown and grown and grown and grown and grown and grown, and grown is because capitalism uh it glorifies the wealthy. And it villainizes the poor. Yep. And so you have poor people pointing at other poor people and telling them they're the problem while wealthy people sit there and gain more and more and more wealth and then they don't give it back. Yeah. You know, I was just preaching on this a little bit um, this last Sunday. One of the points of my sermon was un-American Christianity. And I go after this all the time because the American ideals and um, the faith that I hold are are not entirely compatible. In fact, they're not all that compatible at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, and one of the one of the things um, I just saw this quote from Martin Luther King Jr. It was, um, gosh, it was a beautiful quote. I'm going to butcher it to the effect of, um, "It is a terrible jest to tell a man with no boots to pull himself up by his bootstraps." Yeah. If we're not all born with the same tools, <laughs> then we're not all born with the same tools. That's yeah. privilege. Yes. That's like. Now, and it, but here's the thing is, is I, I'm also, so I'm not fully over on that side because I don't necessarily believe that everybody, equality of outcome or, or that everybody needs to be equal. That's never going to be your thing. Oh, it's never going to happen. Right. Yeah. But to try and pull the bottom up and to try and at least keep the pace of advancement, um, similar. So as the wealthy get wealthier, the poor ought to get wealthier at a similar rate. Yeah. The minimum wage has not gone up. With the cost of living, right? Uh, the price of secondary education has not gone up with yep. with wages, or I mean, it's blown up past wages yeah. Yeah. to where people live. They die with their student loan. Yeah. Now. yeah, like we're at that point where there are going to be vast majority of people dying with their student loan debt because they never could pay it off. I visit a guy who's sick and uh, we just chit chat over life and whatever. And he was telling me he went to University of Iowa and got his degree there. And uh, I forget, I think it was like $3,000 a year covered everything. Oh, yeah. Now, this guy's like 85 yeah. or something. You know, he's old. But 
and I don't know what inflation is like. So I said, um, is that a lot of money? I mean, could you work for a living and pay that? He goes, oh, I worked in the summer and paid for school. So yeah. he made enough doing a summer job to pay for his college education. There is no way you can do that today. No, no. This is not possible. I mean, it, you can have a really, really good job and not make the whatever, over tens of thousands of dollars it is for a year of school. It's just not possible. Yeah. <laughs> not even a year. Like if you're going to four years of college and if it's $15,000 a year, that's $60,000. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it's not going to happen. You're no, supposed it, to be buying a house and paying that off for 30 years, not your education. Right. Now, I, I get I get worried about trying to find a way to redistribute wealth because I never trust anybody when it comes to money, especially if they work in the government. I just oh, I don't know faith. I don't think that's the government's <laughs> job to redistribute wealth. But the minimum wage is the government's job. That's a that's a no brainer in my opinion. And the wealthy control the government, which control the minimum wage. <laughs> what? So like, what are you talking about? <laughs> wealthy people don't control the government. Just look at all of the poor people who are in politics. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's. I mean, uh, that's what I think is is the the key is always look to who benefits. Where does the money go? That's where you're going to find your corruption. Mm-hmm. And. Um, we need the biggest problem that we have right now is that the people who are policing the corruption are the ones who are most likely to be corrupted. Yeah. They vote for their own raises. Yeah. They vote for themselves to be paid during a shutdown while almost a million people don't. Right. Well, that the funniest part is that our, our uh, coast guard yeah. is not paid for five weeks while we like argued over border security. There should be a wall. <laughs> and he's he's Isn't gonna the get it. Toast our border. Nope. <laughs> Ooh, a seawall. That's what we need. Space, space force and a seawall. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk. Fourth industrial revolution. Um, I'm not up on that. What are you talking about? It's basically it's basically the information age. Okay. We now go to High V and Target. There's automatic cash registers. Mm-hmm. So the fourth industrial revolution is AI. Whether you like when you say AI, people always automatically think of robots walking around. I robot, but it's artificial intelligence, right. and your phone is artificially intelligent. Right? You, like it's not just Siri. It just knows that this app is working, and then you switch to this app. Right? That's artificial intelligence. But now we have like. People always say robots are going to take over your jobs. The fourth industrial revolution is robots taking over those jobs. So are you and scared of that or are you for that? It's it's inevitable. Right. It, especially in a capitalist system because the companies want to spend as little money as possible and make as much money as possible. Right. If they don't have to pay employees, if they just have to work on these machines, they don't have to pay their benefits. They don't <laughs> have to do maternity leave. No sick days. There's, yeah, there's no loss. You know, the loss is cut down like drastically. That's why there's only two like cashiers at Target at any given time. Right. But there's six – Automatic cash registers. They cut out six employees. Right. They never have to pay them. But that happens across the board. When you think of like, let's say radiologists. Radiologists are going away within the next couple decades. Yeah. Because a computer can take that photo, look at the photo, 
see shades of gray that humans cannot and then compare it to millions and millions and millions of other images that humans cannot. In a nanosecond. Yeah, like that. So radiologists, gone. Hmm. Automatic cars are now a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, truck drivers will be gone within 20 years. I think that's inevitable. And I don't think it's going to be complete for a long time because you'll have like in town and dock, uh, like part like dock parking, like yeah. packing up to a dock. So you'll have one guy that's sitting there in a drone station. Just like the military does yeah. now. Like, <laughs> it could be the same guy. Go from killing people to backing up yeah, trucks. <laughs> yeah. He'll just, like, as the trucks come into town, he'll just go switch to this person. He'll get it to that dock. And then yeah. one guy will do the job of about 100. Yeah. And that's the fourth industrial revolution. Yeah. And then what happened in the last industrial revolution? Stock market crashed. Like, we had the Great Depression. Yeah. Is because people had no money. They couldn't be buying things because they didn't have the money to buy those things. Yeah, so those those companies that are are propped up by all of the artificial intelligence collapse because it's cool. You can make stuff way cheaper, but there's nobody to buy it. Yeah, there's nobody to buy it. <laughs> That's cool. You have a warehouse full of stuff no one's buying. <laughs> yeah, Amazon wants to deliver everything by a drone. The post office, the postal workers are going to go yeah. away. Like. There's so many things that just in the next couple of decades, they're going to be gone. So I've always thought that there is an opportunity if we strike. The opportunity is um, to have more. So so what are the things that that robots can't do? Well, it's interpersonal stuff. Mm -hmm. So we we can become a far more face-to-face, a far more interpersonal culture if – robots are doing all of the stuff that we used to have to be. I'd, I'd sit in a cubicle and, and do this work and not talk to anybody for eight hours a day or sit on a line and, and put this bolt on that nut and do that eight yeah. hours and not talk to anybody all day. So what are those jobs where we're going to pay that, people? That's the thing. That's <laughs> like, right. Like we're going to make robots that will work on the robots. Right. So we that those jobs won't even exist for us. Yeah. No, it's it's going to have to be I need a person to to look me in the eye and Yeah. What? Like well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's exactly it. That's why like people who are socialists like we're like we're going to have to get a little bit closer. Yeah. Because like we're not at a we're going to a place where the wealthy, the one percent, own half of the wealth, and then like, and we're going to keep going there as yeah. the fourth industrial revolution progresses. What happens to the people at the other end? Well, if if there isn't a, a move to address it, it turns into a revolt because yeah. when there's when there's no money for food and all this, and you, you've got a small number of people with all of this wealth, and you're not doing anything to address that, those. Here's the other thing is there's a lot of those people have a lot of guns. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be nervous. But I – so are you a universal basic income guy? No, because I I don't know a lot about that. I've read a few different essays on it. I've listened to about probably like four or five podcasts with guys that are like yeah. really into that. And every time I go, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right. Because if you just dis- redistribute wealth – if like there's a universal basic income, then that's the that's the zero. 
Right. You know, yes. like if everybody has this amount of money, no matter what, well, then that's zero. That's zero. Then up from there is we have to create a poverty line past that. And like wealth is like, you know. Right. So, I, I mean, it boils down to like questions of anthropology. Of do we believe people will seek to go past, you know, this, if I get a universal that, that's just going to cover my food and whatever and – are most people going to want to excel past that, do something creative, innovative, or or something, and add be, oh, yeah. be additive? That's that's always another argument. It's like when I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, that, that's that's people's argument against uh, like welfare and everything. Yeah, if people are if they get paid to sit on their butt, they're just going to sit on their butt, you know. But some, yeah. But I, I don't know if, if it's the majority and I, I don't know – like you know back to tools in your toolbox. There, there are certain things that are, are tools in toolboxes that some people just don't have. I mean I don't yeah. think we all know people with just – you ain't got – you got like a <laughs> screwdriver and that is it, pal. <laughs> Good luck with that. I mean yeah. not – very few people can do what you do because you have this natural talent. I assume. I mean I don't – No, I think – like as far as art goes, I think that's – I don't know if that's nature or nurture because I didn't – ask an artist. <laughs> I didn't like – I didn't really draw in high school or anything and I started like in the business when I was 16. Yeah. And so everything I learned about art, I learned by doing it, you know. And so like it was just practice, 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 practice. If you want to be – if people don't just sit down at a piano and just like play incredible music. <laughs> right. They have to be listening to music. They have to be studying it. They have to practice it. And once they practice, the more they practice, they're going to get better and better and better. There's going to be people who have like higher intelligence levels. Yeah. You know, like you're going to have savants, like, you know, yeah. when you have, see kids with autism that can take a helicopter ride around the city and then go stand in a room with a 20 foot long piece of paper and draw the city. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to have people like that, but most people it's going to take a lot of practice. Yeah. I, and I, I agree to an extent that most people can get competent with a lot of work. Um, but there's two problems. Number one is competent is different from um, proficient. Like people who are excellent at something, there's a level of, of talent. Like I, I could work really hard and practice a long time and I won't be as good of an artist as you. Um, if, if Even if we had the same number of hours in, I, I, I feel that way anyways. I, I'm just, I think people have something that I don't have in that regard. And two, one of the things in the toolbox is the willingness to work and practice at yeah. the craft. And that's, that's frustrating. I don't, see, ta- I think the word, the word talent is where you lose me. I think it's interest. And I think okay. it's it's something that like whether it was nature or nurture through your childhood or if you were born with some sort of gene that you were like, I'm really into this. You right. Because I'm not really into a lot of things, but and I don't think I would ever be good at them. But I think if I was like, I'm really into it, I could get good at it. Because if I was obsessed with it, like I was with tattooing, yeah, like I'm gonna get better and better and better. Yeah, and I I, th- I think that's a thing that uh, less than half the population has. I I have it too. I I've always felt like if I work hard at something, I can get competent. 
Yeah. I can do anything good. But you said proficient. Proficient's a different thing, <laughs> you know? Like, it's like, well, I mean, you, you see it in athletics. Like, golf is a great one because there's almost nothing athletic about it. Yeah. <laughs> right? These guys it's all... geometry. Sp- yeah, exactly. <laughs> These guys all spend the same tens of thousands of hours on this game. And some of them are just so much better than the others. Yeah. <laughs> so what is that? I... It's a thing. I That's, don't know. I watch wrestling. I have I've watched wrestling since I was a kid and like and we've gotten to a point in wrestling where people are incredible at mm-hmm. it. To where people who once mocked wrestling watch it and they go, That's like watching John Wick yeah. because they are stunt fighters yeah. that make it look real. Yeah. And if they don't make it look real, the crowd will let you know. Yeah. And so like but there's people who don't make it look real. And they've been doing it for a long time. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, we love you. This ain't your thing. You're not, you're not good. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't your thing. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. Well, cool. Um, I want to hear about uh, farm the, the sanctuary stuff. Yeah. Well, you know about it. What, what do you want to okay, tell I everybody else I want everybody to hear about it. So, <laughs> so uh, let's start with when did you become vegan and get passionate about that? Well, I went vegan 13 years ago. Okay. So I got sober 14 years ago. And in getting sober, the biggest thing of staying sober is being selfless. And it's, it's uh, I mean, in AA, they say a higher power. You're not in control. And the world around you, like, you should be focusing on how you affect the world around you, not how the world around you affects you. Right. You're not a victim. You can can take control of your life and do the best you can. And so in that and trying to be selfless, my my focus wasn't humans. It was I got sober. I quit eating meat because I was dating a vegetarian girl. And then I was like looking at all this like atrocious things that are happening to animals. I cannot be a part of that. Mm. And all it took was like a little bit of research. And I was like, oh, you can be vegan. And 13 years ago, it was not as easy as it was now. For but, sure. But and then after that, it was, you know, I just did that. I was vocal about it. And I became a little bit more active. And then I met my wife. And she is like pure passion. Yeah. Like that's that woman is just like made of passion. And it was just a few months of us being together. And she was like, we should start a blog, you know? And then, so we started vegans of Iowa and all we did was take photos of our food, talk about the restaurant we were at. And they weren't vegan restaurants. They were just restaurants that had vegan stuff. Yeah. And then products that came from Iowa or elsewhere that we really believed in. And then people from Iowa that were also vegan. And so there was like doctors, activists, teachers, you know, like Mm -hmm. we were trying to show like, Anybody can do it. And then through that, we featured one of the founders of the sanctuary. They were just, they hadn't even started it yet. They were trying to raise money to get their 501c3 and then build a board. Mm-hmm. And we featured him. And then so we talked to him a little bit and we had to defend them because people were like, they're asking for money. This is a scam. And it's like. I'm, this guy's really sweet. Like he really <laughs> wants to do something that's like could be really cool. Well, he should do it for free. Yeah, well, <laughs> they were they still do. You buy you that know? land for free. That we featured him probably four years ago, and like since then, 
they have not taken any money for themselves. That's awesome. They live on the property. They work it every day, day in, day out. He still has a full-time job as a supervisor for a paramedic department. Jeez. And so – and they just take no money, you know. So they still do it for free. Yeah. But – so we defended them. We still like – would like share whatever they they wanted us to share and everything and then so they asked us to be on the board when they built their board yeah and then it was just off to the races we had to get we had to let go of vegans of iowa because it was so time consuming oh yeah you know and then my wife hasn't stopped like she's like yeah one of the biggest vegan activists in town so is, is somebody still running vegans for iowa or is that no just kind of just not, okay. yep, it just kind of fizzled out and then we just like well that's it. Yeah. We took down the Instagram. We still have like our WordPress. Like we took let go of vegansofiowa.com. Right. We still have the word. Like if we, I sent you the link, you could still look at the website up until when we stopped updating it. Yeah. You know, but. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so the vegan thing is um, about animal cruelty and, and. It started there. Okay. Yeah. I mean, since then I now understand more stuff about nutrition about health, about uh, like how our bodies are made up yeah. where we don't have – we don't have the jaw of a carnivore. We don't have the digestive system of a carnivore, <laughs> you know, lots of that stuff. And like understanding that one in three people in the United States die of heart disease. Heart disease is caused by cholesterol. Cholesterol only is found in animal products. Yeah. We make our own cholesterol. We don't need any more. The more cholesterol you put into your bloodstream, the more it's going to clog your arteries. Yeah. And so. So some of that stuff I find a little bit, not necessarily hard to believe, but I've I've read both sides of that, you know, where I'm like, I'm not convinced um, that by nature we aren't omnivores. Oh, we we are omnivores. You can digest it. Yeah. But. We weren't eating meat at the rate that we're eating meat until refrigeration happened. Refrigeration sure. is not that old. For sure. And then factory farming is only 60 years old. We've only been eating animal products at the rate that we are for only a century. Yeah. And like humans are not just 100 years old, <laughs> you know. So we were not eating meat at that rate. In fact, there are humans who are 100 years old and they have relatives. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously. Yeah, that's – that is um, – so I come at this from a, a wholly different weird angle, and that's hunting. So there was a thing that happened in um, – boy, it was kind of after World War One and World War Two, where soldiers came back and they didn't really have – especially after World War One, if I recall correctly, um, jobs weren't real easy to come by. When was that? <laughs> after World War One, nineteen, you know, was that the third industrial revolution? It was, in oh, fact, Great and Depression <laughs> time. Oh, okay, so without without real great access to refrigeration and stuff, um, a lot of guys got into. And there's a name for it. It's it's a hunting, like sport hunting, game hunting, or something. The idea was they went out and basically shot and poached a bunch of animals and would sell them. And that was that's that was their job. Mm. Um, so the DNR happened, and you know regulation of of wildlife started to happen. But that was sort of coincided with refrigeration became more and more accessible and common. Mm-hmm. And that's you know again all of that influx. What you're talking about is of meat, eating meat so often. And I can tell you one of the embarrassing things about when I go to Kenya and work there is every time we have food, they want to bring some kind of meat. Mm-hmm. 
and I, I don't, I'm not a vegan at all. I'm like yeah. the opposite of that. I'm like, sweet. Until I heard somebody say, yeah, we all know Americans want to have meat at every meal. Yep. And I was like, oh, so that's not a it's thing. It's beans and rice. Yeah. That's the majority of the meals in, especially impoverished areas. Right. It's beans and rice. Yeah. You know. And, and in non-impoverished areas in Kenya, they just don't eat meat with every meal. Yeah. Because it's it was never a thing, <laughs> and in America, if we just consume and consume and consume, and we want and want and want, we want this thing all the time. It doesn't matter that it's hurting us to right. eat this thing all the time instead of every once in a while, and so we continue to consume and consume and consume. No, I need to have beef at every meal. And then I need to top that off with dairy on every meal. Mm -hmm. That wasn't a thing until less than 100 years ago, (laughs) you know. And so and then so factory farming started because it had to keep up with the demand of people wanting it. No matter like we weren't aware of the health problems. We are now. It's still happening. Right. It's still like it's still snowballing. Yes. The snowball is starting to slow down and people are starting to realize and like doctors are starting to actually learn because doctors don't have to take nutrition classes. Isn't crazy? <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's what nutritionists do. That's and so, but so factory farming happened to keep up with the demand. Yeah. Factory farming keeps expanding mm-hmm. and expanding, expanding for the demand. And we've gotten to a point where factory farming can like contributes the majority of greenhouse gases more than all transportation combined. Yeah. And so let me ask you like the ideological question is if 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 are you comfortable if there was a, a scenario like just painting this magic picture where um, factory farming goes away? Um, so cruelty of animals isn't the same as it is now. Kind of rewind back a couple hundred years. Would would you be okay with people eating meat occasionally, twice a week, three times a week? I mean, me, just yeah. like the same thing. I'm a socialist. Yeah. I understand that social, like complete socialism isn't going to happen. I understand that socialism, like complete socialism yeah. could be a problem. I understand that complete abolition is not going to be in my lifetime. Right. I think it is inevitable. I think it is. Yeah. I think that humans are like intelligent enough and compassionate enough to understand nutrition enough to not eat it anymore and to not like be so cruel to animals. And right now they're doing cell-based meat. Yeah, that's going to be very interesting. They're growing meat that does not – have anything to do with cruelty never mood no i mean (laughs) but it came from something that did yeah but they could all live on sanctuaries yeah like this cow could live its full 20 years of life instead of being killed at one year Mm -hmm. for beef it could live its 20 years of life feeding millions and millions and millions of people yeah and without the cancer Without like, yeah, you know, all of it. Without foodborne diseases, all of the stuff like uh, salmonella and E. coli, those are all intestinal-borne diseases. It all comes from poop. Yep. So, like, if you can have meat without any like like chance of that happening, without 
it growing tumors. You know, like when pigs are slaughtered, they literally just try to cut off as much as possible. Mm-hmm. But we all know that what you can cut out a tumor and the cancer can come back. Right. It's still there. Right. So people are consuming cancer right now and on a grand scale. Yeah. And if you could have meat that wasn't cruel, that's without the diseases, why wouldn't you have that? Oh, I you would. In a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, what it boils down to is cost. Yeah. This is one of the things that drives me insane as when you look at how much food costs, it's ridiculous because, you know, we spend such a, a fraction of our budget on what we put in our bodies. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is the, the thing I have. This is the only body I got. Right. And I want to put fuel into it that runs the machine. Well, yeah. that's a thing. But I'm only going to spend a fraction of my budget on it. I'm going to spend my money on what? A house, uh, videos, Netflix, yeah. movies. I'm going to spend $500 on a, a TV. Yeah. But I want to buy the cheapest like food I want, the f- cheapest food I'm going to eat, and I'm only going to buy the food that I want to eat. Yeah. I'm going to eat ice cream all the time. <laughs> right. Do you think you're going to be healthy after you got, buy the cheapest Bro. ice cream? Right. And just eat the cheapest ice cream all the time? So I'm, I am – to, to be clear to anybody listening who doesn't know me, I am a meat eater and I'm a dairy guy, but I'm not a lot, I don't think. I eat meat – I actually probably eat meat a fair amount, but it's also meat that I hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I was always kind of wondered from a vegan's perspective, you know, I, I think vegans should all be pro-hunter. I mean super pro-hunter. I, I, I mean the, you're, shoot, <laughs> you're killing something that doesn't want to be killed. And of the, you can be plant-based and support people hunting. But if you're a vegan, you do not believe in death at all. So I don't believe in military. You know, right. I mean, that's yeah. – it's people are going to take that as You I hate the troops. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I hate the troops. I don't believe in defense of our nation right. or other people. Right. That's not what I'm saying. But like I don't want anybody to be killed. Right. Anybody. And I think that we've taken like, like we want to control the population of deer, but we don't want to control the population of humans. And humans are what are destroying this the planet we're living on. But we want, we we care more about like controlling the population of deer, like so than we do humans. Like, <laughs> like yeah. So from a vegan like a vegan perspective. Most vegans are abolitionists. Right. We don't believe that you should be breeding dogs while there are like millions being killed. Right. You know, we don't think that you should like kill anything basically. Right. So from, that's why I've always um, – this is a cool conversation. So like from my perspective, I am I am giving a white-tailed deer the best possible death because they're all going to die. And, you know, the, the, oldest, the oldest deer – I mean, I've, I've never heard of a deer getting past seven years old. Um, that's about their lifespan. Yeah. But the way in which they die at six, seven, five, six, seven is going to be hit by a car, um, eaten by another animal, which is a far worse to, than <laughs> the way that I kill them, um, or they freeze to death or starve to death. Yeah. These are the only options. And, and regardless of how that end comes, something eats it. Yeah. So when that whitetail dies, coyotes, wolves, owls, birds, things chew on it and, and eat it. 
And so, like, from my perspective, I'm like, man, if I can put an arrow or a bullet through that deer, it's quick. I mean, they're gone. Yeah. And I'm consuming it. My family's consuming it. I'm like, man, I think that's cool. I can't say that I'm – From a vegan's perspective, I would guess that, yeah. That's but you're not the people I'm fighting against. Uh, right. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Factory farming is what I fight against. Yeah. I'm not coming after hunters and being like, fuck you. <laughs> right. You know, like <laughs> I'm like when that when that gets brought up, it's like, well, good. Right. You know where your meat's coming from. You're not supporting the industry that is killing the planet. Right. You're not supporting the industry that takes advantage of po- like poor people. You're not supporting the industry that has killed the family farmer. Right. You know, and so that's not my fight. Right. You know, like, but if you're asking me if I support it, <laughs> no, I don't support it. You know, but I'm right. not. I'm, but I'm not adamantly fighting against it. No, I get it. I'm just always wondering what the perspective. Um, because, like, I, I would also be that guy. I, I, I watch stuff um, that you do at the sanctuary and um, just realize that there are those moments where where something does die. And, you know, the, those those pigs that – what happened, by the way? Do they fall off a truck? How do things fall off a truck? That In that case, because most, most of the time we have several pigs that came – like that fell off trucks. Most of those cases are piglets because they can fit through the hole. Uh, and so they wiggle out. OK. This is a case of the – the gate wasn't latched. The okay. gate came down. Right. And as the gate came down, three pigs fell out. Right. They, we don't know if they jumped, the, sure. but they were out. Regardless. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I know a guy who um, he raises um, cattle, he raises steer, and you know he's, he is the opposite of factory farm. Small. Um, these critters are uh, well cared for, but, but they are raised for food. But now he does have those occasions where something will break a leg and the and the uh, lockers won't take it, mm-hmm. and they just turn it away or something like that. Um, and I've offered before. I said I, I know a guy, um, I know a place, and he just is like it's more hassle than it's worth. So I'm working on you know this guy at least. But I said you know the other side of that is if it's just going to cost you money. Wouldn't it be better to slaughter that animal and feed somebody who's hungry? I mean, there's there's places in Des Moines that could use that for homeless people. But why are we going to feed homeless people food that's going to kill them? <laughs> why, <laughs> like that comes back to where I don't think people should be eating animals because it's not the best food for you. We ate it to survive at one point. We don't need it anymore. Yeah, I've lived 13 years of my life without it. You don't need it. It's not a necessity. Right. So like – but I get what you're – where you're coming from. Otherwise, it's being wasted, quote yeah. unquote. But I don't think that it's being wasted because those are lives to me. I have deep relationships with cows. I don't – once that cow dies, I want it to be buried. Just like we're not going to go eat grandma once she dies. Yeah. And just because she's like needs to die, we're not going to eat her. You know, right. we're not going to eat your cat when it dies. You know that. I mean, that brings us to speciesism. Why we say this is food, yeah. this isn't. But like, you're not going to like me because <laughs> I'd, I'd eat a cat. <laughs> but, but, I'm, but majority of society would not. Yeah, I think you know, that's weird. The I, majority I of society weird. signs petitions against the dog farming in Asia, but. They're sitting there while they're signing that petition. They're eating a chicken salad that has 
chicken and dairy on yeah. it. You know, so they have no problem with killing these animals yeah. and eating them, but they do have a problem with killing these animals and eating them. Yeah. So I think that's a life. I don't think it's I don't think it's just food. I think that's a life and it should be respected the way that we respect just another member of our family. Yeah, you see, that's, that's, that's a difference between us because I, I see there's a vast difference between people and critters. I think we should be compassionate to critters. I'm, I'm not a fan of – I don't like factory farming because, I, I mean, somebody who's torturing an animal, that guy's got a problem. And then you, you Capitalism. Turn, yeah, why not? all money. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if I saw a guy in my parking lot just beating the shit out of a dog, I'd have a real problem with that. Yeah. And then you go to a farm and you're like – a factory farm, I go, oh, so and this is they're packing the, piglets? The whole yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a problem with that. More more based off of, I mean, I, I, we should be compassionate towards animals because I think that's a good thing. But also just because of what it is to our culture and society. Like we, yeah. we don't want to be people who, who are okay with torturing animals. Then we've, we're there. Well, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I mean, I'm not sure that we are. I think a lot of people. I think a lot less people would be okay with it if they knew about it. Yeah, that's that's my that's what, what the sanctuary do. does. Yeah, we we show people the like look at these like incredibly rich lives that these animals are living. They're not just critters, as you say. Like there's they're animals just like you and me. We are still animals. We are still yeah. from the animal kingdom. That's where we differ. But, <laughs> it's okay. Like yeah. you can't. When you show a chimpanzee a magic trick, it's still like entertained by it. It still enriches them. Right. They can. They're now learning to read. They know sign language. Mm-hmm. They're not that just because we evolved just a little bit past them does not make our lives worth more. In my mind, I know that you you're yeah. obviously saying that you differ. Right. But in my mind, especially if. We're doing it to the scale that we're doing it. We're doing it at right. the atrocious level that we're doing it. Right. You know. Yeah. There's and there's. I mean, there's no question that there's also places and and people who don't have the same option uh, to be vegan or, or plant based. Yeah. That's. Yeah. I, I always come back to. It's it's not when I when I say critters and humans are different. I don't mean to devalue critters to junk or garbage. But you gave them a different name because they're different. But but that then <laughs> would you say something about a person of color because they're different or a woman is different from you as a like a man? They're still the same species, yeah. you know. So why is a species different from you? It still has cognizant like abilities. It still has the ability to reason. It still has the ability to feel pain. It still has the ability to feel pleasure. There's that you're just an animal. We've just learned and evolved to use tools. Right. It it- so I would I'd come at this the this difference from two different angles. One would be um, if we're just animals that have evolved a little bit further, then we should play by animal rules. But that's we, we're, the we've an- evolved further. We're more intelligent. We're now destroying the planet. Because we've taken control. We're yeah. the dominant species. Right. So we consume the oil out of the earth. We consume the <laughs> right. water. We yeah. pollute the water. We kill the animals. Well, I think like, our, we, we need to curb our, our 
behavior a lot. Absolutely. But if we're just animals and animals can eat animals, then we're animals that should be able to eat animals. But we should not be assholes about it and do factory farming and eat – like we're way overfishing the oceans. I mean all of that stuff. No fish by 2050? I mean whatever. (laughs) Is that a problem? (laughs) It's not an ecosystem, right? It's just a – yeah, I agree. But if if we're just animals to evolve further, then we should be able to eat the animals – that like all the other animals, we should just be better at it. We're smarter at it. We should be better at it. Yeah. Yes. Doing it better. The other direction I come at this is um, as a man of faith, I, I feel that the Bible says clearly we're created differently. But the Bible also says that we were put here to be stewards yes. of this world and being a good steward of this world and the species on it. Yeah. We're not doing it. And here's here's a fun thing that's going to that mess with your world a little bit. Um, Adam and Eve didn't eat critters. No, they didn't. It wasn't until after Noah. Yeah. So what um, – if you, if you hold to what I believe, which um, I realize a lot of people think is fantasy and make-believe, and that's cool. I don't care. Um, but we, we should still have a conversation of that understanding. Yeah. Just because – I come from it from a point of reading all of the books does not mean that it discredits the book that you live your life. With, right. You know. Well, and what it, what it ought to inform us is that um, God isn't a fan of death. No. God didn't design it. You know, from the from the Christian narrative, God didn't design death to be a part of this thing that we do. Um, it came because of sin, and the only reason that people eat food is because of sin and brokenness. One of the – eat food, eat meat, <laughs> eat food. But that that is um, I think important for Christians to understand that this is not there, – there's not – there shouldn't be a hard divide between Christians and vegans like, or Christian meat eaters and vegans to for because I believe we are to be stewards of, of the animals. Yeah. I think we've been given – I think we're different. I think the, the, there are – there's a big difference because created in the image of God means that we're a different thing. We shouldn't be eating animals outside of the fact that sin entered the world. And so part of the way in which God mitigates that issue, and and sin brings all kinds of issues, is after Noah, he allows people to eat meat. But by no means does that give us a right to be cruel about it. Factory factory farming. farming. 60 years. It's only been 60 years. Yeah. And up until just a few weeks ago, in this state, since 2012, it was yeah. illegal to have undercover footage of factory farms. Yeah. I find that interesting because like <laughs> on the one hand, I, I think the ag-ag laws are terrible. On the other hand, like I also feel if, if you own a farm and somebody gets a job just to come in and be undercover and stuff like that, that's annoying. I'd be annoyed if somebody got a job anywhere. We're obsessed with dirty dining on our like local news. We want to know where the dirty restaurants <laughs> yeah. are and it's undercover people who go in and take that footage. Right. We're okay with that. But when it comes to animal cruelty or – the safety of your food, how it is being raised, yeah. like all that. So even if you don't care about animal cruelty, I don't care about how those pigs are treated. You're eating that. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want people to go in there and expose like unsafe practices for the food that's being created for you or the workers that work in those conditions, like there's a problem there. Right. Like, but it's all three of those things. Yeah. They're going in, they're exposing how like, the unsafe practices that 
like for the workers. They're exposing the dirty conditions. They're exposing the cruelty that's happening to the animals. What I think they ought to be able to do is just there should be – it, it, sh- it sounds crazy to say. It, there should be a requirement that people uh, go through and inspect, you know, inspectors, and take the, like it, it shouldn't be that you have to sneak in and, and record this stuff. Well, the problem there lies most of the stuff that's uncovered that that the footage is taken of is complete industry standard. Yeah. So, yeah. like the the packing is industry standard. PAC stands for pound against concrete and that is what happens to piglets that are unviable. So if they are not profitable, if they're the runts of the litter, they aren't killed by like like humane euthanasia. They are pounded against concrete. That's yeah. the industry term is packing. So like a lot of these practices that they're uncovering are industry standards. Right. So they're they're being inspected but the undercover people are like they're doing stuff to like uncover things that the inspectors are looking past. The industry and stuff standards like that. are gross. But yeah. but they're also showing people this is where your meat comes from. This yeah. is where your dairy comes from. And a lot of people don't know when I show them like tell them stuff because like, most of the time I don't show people. I'm not in the business of shocking people. I did that when I was a young vegan. I was like, oh, my God, this shit is happening. I need everybody to know. (laughs) And it's like, look at this. Look at how crazy this is. And people are like, oh, I don't follow you on Facebook anymore. Because (laughs) all it is is terrible (laughs) shit. Yeah. And so now I – post pictures of happy animals and say this is what a happy pig is this is what you know and then stuff about like the rescue that you asked about the three pigs where people are like this happens and it's like yeah this happens i had to try to negotiate the life of a pig that didn't need to be killed and they killed it yeah and we were willing to save its life and give it a, like a, a great life and they didn't allow us to do it. What is the, the rationale behind that um, from their perspective? From their perspective, I mean I can't say for certain that that pig would have lived. Right. You know, because I don't know what her internal injuries were. Sure. I don't know the extent of her leg injury. Sure. The leg injury was why they killed her. But we were willing to take her to the vet to have her assessed. They weren't willing to do it. The, their reasoning for doing that is because if they allowed her to suffer and then people found out that that company allowed her to suffer, oh, okay. everybody would be up in arms like, how could you let that happen? You know, like that. I can understand it. It doesn't mean that I didn't have to do that for an hour and a half right. where I had like I was petting her. I was telling her it was going to be OK. Right. And for somebody to come and like slap her around trying to get her to stand up on her injured leg. And once she she'd stood on it, but she, it was like her leg was injured. Right. They were like, nope, she's got to go. But the one that we got to save didn't have any signs of any injuries or anything. Right. And luckily he didn't have any. I don't know how. <laughs> like he fell from the second story of that trailer. And when I got there, he he cleared like a six by six square of dirt, like cleared the snow and was rooting in dirt for the first time in his life. You know? So how do you, how do you get the call on that? How did that was that by from? chance? And that's, it's always like, 
somebody will tell us they drove by it yeah, or somebody alerts the news people and then people start telling us about it. This was a vegan girl who was driving by, saw pigs on the road and she was going the opposite way on the interstate. And she was like, holy shit. And so she turned around and pulled up to the, and she was like, what's going on here? And they're like, oh, they fell out. And so she called us. Cool. And so we got to come and now George is going to be like alive forever, you know, not forever, yeah, but obviously <laughs> right. Like yeah. 10, 15 years, a lot longer. Yeah. I mean, he's only six months old, yeah. so he was on his way to be slaughtered as a six month old pig. And now he gets to live 10, 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. I think what you guys are doing is, is pretty cool. I'm, I'm obviously a little bit conflicted because, uh, I'm, I'm not really planning on stopping eating meat, but like I, I, that you're fighting against factory farming, like it's huge, man. It's what an awful, disgusting thing. Um, and there's other ways. Yeah. They're just, and that, that, that's where I think it's weird. I mean, I, I don't expect you to support other ways of <laughs> people eating meat as, as a vegan, but, yeah. but you know, I, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're doing, um, where, where can people find that like website stuff? IowaFarmSanctuary.org, but we also have Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Iowa Farm Sanctuary. Just go to the, the Facebook. You'll find, that's where I, I follow all your stuff. And, um, I was bummed. You guys had like a 5k a year ago or, or two years ago or something like that. Yeah. That was a situation. Yeah. The, the person that was like heading it up. It yeah. was kind of a drop ball situation. Right. We put it into their hands and it just didn't. I was happen. really I was stoked. I wanted to, to participate. We were really stoked about it. Yeah. And we had a lot of people that were vo- like ready to volunteer and it's just it yeah. just and we we still plan on having one. Yeah. But none of us are really versed in that right. department. So like we would have to have somebody spearhead that and with a with no budget. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Our budget is saving animals and yeah. and helping them the rest of their life, not. Yeah, that's that's a way that um I mean I I can't organize a 5k, but I can run <laughs> one. I could probably raise some funds and stuff like that. I'd love to support you guys and I'll just pretend I'm a vegan for a day. Don't don't tell anybody if I could show have up. To be. We have <laughs> tons of people that visit, you know. Yeah. We just ask them like once you're on the property, you are. You, yeah, you know? don't have it. Yeah. No, we don't sell hamburgers. <laughs> No hot yeah. dogs. Here. I mean, it's it's right on our sign. No animal products. Yeah. Like, but you're welcome to come have a picnic here, sit in the pasture. Yeah. You know, but you just can't bring pigs yeah. to eat while you're <laughs> like petting a pig. Seems like that shouldn't have to be on the sign. But <laughs> you'd I'm, be surprised. I, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> People are morons, man. <laughs> there's like, there's one person that comes like, that came repeatedly last summer and they would always come with a mcdonald's coffee with milk in it and we would we don't tell people like you need to dump that out you need to like you know when there was a guy smoking on our pasture i was like you can't smoke here smoke here (laughs) that's not a thing and if somebody like pulled out chicken wings we'd be like yo (laughs) right but this woman walking around with i didn't mean to say that i was trying to say they (laughs) but but walking around with that coffee with milk in it and then asking about carl who was supposed to be dead because he was a downed dairy calf and now he's he's going to be three years old this year, you know, like, and we're telling her about dairy and how 
Like supporting the industry is an issue. Yeah. Like he would have died because you're drinking that. Like <laughs> the two are connected for sure. <laughs> and she was just like, Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't say because you're drinking that. I was <laughs> right. saying that's milk. Like cows yeah. have to be pregnant or have just given birth to give milk. We take the calves because that's human's milk. Right. And then like if they're a male calf, they're like they're useless. That's yeah. veal and then yeah. Or yeah. dead. Or dead. Yeah. Then I work in a, when I work in Kenya, I get this perspective of there's a lot of people who live a lot more closely with the food they consume, with the, with the meat they consume. Um, I, I don't know how many vegans are in Kenya, but they're, they're not a lot. <laughs> well, that's they're living off of like their it's survival. Yes. We're not in Kenya. Yeah. We're in Des Moines, Iowa. But I can tell you their relationship with their food is way different than ours. Mm -hmm. Way different. Food does not come from – I mean I planted a garden in my backyard for years just to show – I suck at gardening. I'm so bad at it. Way better at hunting. (laughs) But I wanted wanted to show my kids food does not come from the store. Yeah. Yeah, that's where we have to buy it from. But it definitely starts in the dirt. People don't understand that that's where meat comes from. Yeah. When you when you tell somebody, like, people don't know what veal is. You'd be so surprised how many people. Really? I go, that's what veal is. That's what veal is. Like, yeah, it's baby cows. And they're uh-huh. like, what? I'm like, yeah, it's taken from its mom. It's chained to a small hutch that's about the size of a dog house, so it can't move around. So it stays tender. Super tender. That's what veal is. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they're like. I'm never eating that again. Like, good. <laughs> that's, that's a start. Yeah. Yeah. And I, so I'm, I'm of that mindset where I take my kids hunting and my, my daughters um, are looking forward to hunting as soon as they're strong enough to pull back a, a bow. Um, but they've, they've helped me with the process of it. It's a, I, I want them to understand that in order to live, something has to die. Like that's, I mean, obviously, the, uh, the animal you don't think that, have <laughs> but, but yes, or let me put it a different way. In, in order for you to eat that X Y Z burger or, or yeah, roast, if in order having, for you to eat meat, yeah, something has to die. Something died that that didn't just come from, and it's a significant thing. And and most hunters I know aren't real callous. I mean, there there are times when um, you laugh or 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 shooting the shit when you're when you're deer hunting, but. I mean, it's a serious thing. I mean, watching anything die yeah. is significant. I, um, I'll never forget, um, and I, I don't mean to be graphic. I'm trying to be graphic about it for any of your friends who are listening that, sorry. I mean, I've been trying to be graphic. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was bow hunting and uh, had an opportunity to take a deer really, really close. Broadside shot. So the arrow zips through the rib cage. In, the, in a way that it's so fast, those arrows are so sharp, the the deer didn't know which direction even. I mean, the the, the quick, sharp pain and the, the speed at which um, she expired was so quick, it was right in front of me. I remember just sitting in that tree stand going, that's a real thing. I mean, it, it is not... It is not grocery shopping when you're hunting. Like you, you have to take the responsibility on yourself. This is something that just happened, and something is no longer here. But my kids are going to get, um, especially when it's when it's venison. 
calorie dense, protein dense, very nutritious food. Mm-hmm. And I'm, man, I'm, I like it. It's. I'm not trying to try to convince. No, you no, no. You're not going to be convinced. <laughs> and I'm not going to try to convince you. I'm, I'm not trying to. I'm just saying it's. I don't. I don't want people to think that hunters are callous. There are some. Yeah, I, I mean, plenty come at us all the time. You know, plenty of hunters yeah. come at vegans. We're not going after hunters. We're going after factory farmers. You know, and plenty hunters of hunters come after, come after vegans. Like, I hunt. You have a problem with me? It's like. When did I say that? Like, I have a problem with the act. I have, like, I don't believe in killing anyone, you know, but I'm not coming after you. I want to stop the industry. Yeah. If I had the right to apologize on behalf of all hunters, I would. (laughs) I mean, it's bullshit. Yeah, it's bullshit. I mean, like, with the save movement, like, my wife is involved in the save movement. Yeah. all they do is bear witness. So they go to a slaughterhouse. They bear witness to animals entering the slaughterhouse. They're, they're sharing people that most people don't go and see pigs going into the slaughterhouse over on Mari right. Street. You know, And so the save movement is to expose that. Right. It's whether that changes anybody's mind or not. All they do is they go take a video of the trucks going in, you know. They even have signs that say no hate for truckers, no hate for slaughterhouse workers. We're just here to bear witness to the pigs. Truckers go after them. They go after them, like make fun of them. They like they make jokes about like whipping the pigs. They make jokes about kicking them. You know, they just go after them because they feel it's. Cognitive cognitive dissonance. Mm-hmm. It pains them to understand that they might be wrong about something. I was going to say it's it's insecurity. Yeah, that's that's what it is. Um, and that's I don't know if that's where hunters are coming at vegans out of a place of insecurity. Um, I'm not insecure about it, and i I can't imagine I can't imagine giving anybody shit for the for wanting to eat in a way that is healthy. And compassionate. You know, I might give I might give somebody shit if oh, they're like, well, I'm going to eat an all ice cream diet. I'm going to be like, well, yeah, well, <laughs> I might give that guy a little bit of shit. <laughs> I eat a lot of ice cream. It's not my whole diet. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's the thing. Like when I went vegan, there was tofuti ice cream, chocolate, vanilla. Now Ben and Jerry's has 16 different flavors. Like, yeah. you know, uh, Target just came out with their Archer Farms. Non-dairy, Hagen Doss has non-dairy. Like, man, yeah. be vegan so easy now. <laughs> oh, it's a lot easier, I imagine. I I don't do a lot of. I try just to not do a lot of dairy because it's I, terrible for you. It's not good for you. It's um, made to gr- to grow an animal five hundred pounds in a year, and it's, and it's delicious, by the way. <laughs> like cheese, oh, it's so good. But I, I don't. The vegan cheese now, like vegan cheese 13 years ago? Yeah. Blah. <laughs> vegan cheese now? Oh, my God. Well, what kind of voodoo are they doing with it to make it good? It's, because the only thing that you like in cheese is salt. Salt and sugar. Yeah. That's it. And so, like, as long as you have that, like, salt, sugar, fat. That's yeah. all That's all you're, you're wanting is the salt, sugar, fat. You get the taste right and you have the salt, sugar, fat. That's all you need. Okay. You know? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to eat it because I don't. I try not to eat you. any dairy. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I will have dairy on occasion. 
but try some some vegan stuff. Some like if you're gonna go buy a Ben and Jerry's ice cream, if there's half baked over here and half baked over here, and this one's non dairy and this one's dairy, this one's gonna be better for you. You know, like the non dairy is gonna be better for you, right? Because uh, it's not a bunch of hormones. It's not a bunch of like like phytoestrogen and stuff like that. You know, like, ironically, my my wife does not do well with ice cream, so she always has to get the Ben and Jerry's non dairy. Yeah. So, but because we're not made to, <laughs> one, we're not made to drink milk into adulthood. Yeah. Let alone the milk of another species. Right. Let alone the milk of another species that's making it grow five hundred pounds in a year. Yeah. No, I mean the, the the number of times I eat ice cream is is less than five a year, ten maybe five. You're a little bit more fit than me. <laughs> <laughs> I you know I just think it's it's this is where we are entirely on the same page. It's important what you put in your body uh, makes a difference. Yeah, that's and, that whole thing about doctors not getting nutrition classes. Like we they fought against seven hours a year requirement they're like oh that's that's atrocious yeah like oh you don't think that the thing that you're putting in your body like three times a day is affecting the health of that person it fuels your body i mean <laughs> like i know people who have type 2 diabetes and and i'm just like well you should probably stop drinking this and they're like i'm not going to change my diet until my doctor tells me to your doctor is just giving you pills and not telling you to change the diet of like while you're suffering from a disease that is born from diet right that makes absolutely no sense well that's a, the whole conversation about our healthcare system is not about making us well it's about making money about it's making capitalism. money and this is again back to if there was a spot where i'm gonna be like oh socialism it's, it is. That's that's the thing that's working everywhere else, <laughs> right? You know, like. <laughs> but we could never afford it. <laughs> I mean, we could if we stopped killing people in other countries, but yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know. That's yeah, our right. education system and healthcare system. Those are the two that I'm like. These are the two things that should be like budgetless. Yeah, <laughs> like where you just pass things and say, yeah, another what seventy hundred billion dollars short. Let's yeah. let's make people well. I mean, you look at the the government my plate. Like, uh -huh. You know, we used to have the food pyramid. Now yeah. we have the my plate. The U.S. government one. All of the studies that is done for that are paid for by the industries that it tells you to eat. Yep. Canada just released theirs just last week. Mm -hmm. There's no dairy on it. Really? Absolutely none. And it says that you should be eating a ninety five percent plant-based diet it doesn't tell you to not eat meat right but it, sa it says 95 percent plant-based diet and there's all of the research done there was done with like no backing of any of the industries yeah it was all like blind studies with like okay we take all this research and then that's what we tell people they should be eating. Yeah. They should be drinking water. Our my plate doesn't even say water. It says a glass of milk. <laughs> Obviously. I can't remember the last time I had a glass of milk. That blows my mind when people drink cow pus. They drink it. It's not pus and you but, know it. <laughs> but it's just a bodily fluid of another animal. Would you drink from your mom as a kid? That's and then I stopped. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. No, I get it. Well, some people don't. You, you needed it 
to form the things that you were forming right. when you were a baby. You're no longer forming those things, so you no longer need those that exact formula of yeah. stuff. In the interest of full disclosure, I, I do still take whey protein. Do you know that whey protein only exists because whey was considered too toxic to uh, dispose of? So they had to figure out a way to do you know it's a it? great way to get protein in your body when you're lifting so weights? So is pea protein. <laughs> when you look uh, at guys like Tory Washington, Nimai Delgado, like, and Patrick Baboumian, one of the strongest men in the world, he holds two world records and he, he's Germany's strongest man and he's vegan. Like, you don't need it. So like, yeah, here's where I'm going to challenge you on that is I know that there's no nothing out there, but those guys are all doing roids. But still, <laughs> like, but those guys compared to these other guys, if the, if this guy's doing steroids and this guy's doing steroids, but this guy's eating meat and dairy and this guy's not eating meat and dairy and they're both having the same results, why are we – why is that the argument? Well, they're doing steroids. They're doing the same thing that this guy is and this guy's eating meat and dairy. Well, But these guys aren't eating meat and dairy and they're having – the same results, if not better, Mr. There's Olympia. There's all on the steroids. That's, that's all steroids the, and genetics. So the only male weightlifter from the U.S. in the last Olympics was vegan. Yeah. The only male weightlifter. He's not doing steroids. He's not allowed to. Probably not, yeah. So he's the only one who made it. Yeah. That says more about our, our weightlifting program is terrible <laughs> in this country. <laughs> But, but all things aside, but I'm saying you don't yeah, need it. You don't need it. The, the bioavailability of whey protein versus pea protein and other protein products out there, it's way higher. And I mean, regardless, until we get rid of the dairy industry because it's terrible. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not in our lifetimes. But that's I've I've already said. Yeah, I don't. A, a vegan world is not going to be in my lifetime. I yeah. would love it to be. Right. You know, considering factory farming is only 60 years old. If I could abolish that in the next 60 years and still be alive to see that, I would love to That'd see be it. amazing. Yeah. I, I think there's a chance. I think there's a chance, not maybe not in our lifetimes, but people get just, just to return to local farms um, and people being aware. This is one of the things that, that bothers me too about our culture is that we're not, we're so far away from being in tune with death. Um, I mean, that critters aside, people, I mean, usually by our age, we should have seen a handful of people expire in living rooms and homes. I mean, that's that's how people used to die. Now it is, nope, you're sick. You go away to a hospital, you die over there. Mm-hmm. You go to hospice and die over there. Go to a nursing home and die over there. And like death has been scrubbed out. Even like funerals, you don't see a body at a funeral anymore because it's been cremated um, or people don't go to funerals. Mm-hmm. Like we, we're at that point where a lot of I'm worried people are are going to forget that death is real, and then uh, I mean, the more someday. people become virtual and live their life on the internet, yeah, yeah. I mean, we can open another can of worms about AI if you want to. Yeah, <laughs> let's save that for another day. And healthcare, I'd love to go into healthcare with you another time, but we're almost two hours in. Sweet, not quite, but I appreciate you coming in, man. Yeah, that's that was awesome. Fun. And uh, um. I got an idea for the next piece of art I'm going to run by you oh, yeah? in the next couple of weeks. So, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna get a, a chunk of scripture in your head. And I just want to see what comes out. Okay, sweet. <laughs> I think it'll be fun. So, hey man, thanks for coming in. Appreciate yep. it. See ya. Am I right or am I right? Cool conversation with a great guy. Uh, big thanks to Ace again. Appreciate him giving up some time to come on in. And um, again, I want you to follow the stuff that he's doing. Uh, everything from the Iowa Farm Sanctuary where he helps out. Follow them on Facebook. Give them love out there. And um, the tattoo shop, Yankee Doodle Dandy Tattoo. Go find him. Go follow him. Just good stuff. If you don't know what factory farming is and that whole conversation, you were like, huh? Google it and uh, do some reading on it. So, yeah, form your own opinions, whatever you want, but I, I feel like most people are going to come to the conclusion that there ought to be a better way to do things. Anyways, whatever you feel like about that, um, I've got some big news too, by the way, the stuff I'm doing, um, you can always follow me out there, Luke underscore Tim, and Tim has two M's, uh, it's Instagram, Twitter, and then Facebook, Luke Tim, but also this cool project that we're just announcing this week, I've had this passion for a place in Kenya that I've been going to for like 10 years now where there's some kids who are impoverished and um, really disadvantaged and really on the edge of, of uh, tragedy. And uh, we've, we believe that there's a way to sustainably continue to provide for them. And it's as simple as we buy coffee from where they're at and we sell it here and the proceeds go to make sure kids have food and have clothes and can go to school and have a future. So that's as simple. I mean, that's, it's much more complex than that, obviously, but boil it all down. That's what it looks like. And if you want information on that, uh, the place to go is Kari's Coffee. Uh, that's the name of our company. And it's spelled with X's, which I know is weird, but it looks cool. So deal with it. Uh, Kari's Coffee, that is X-A-R-I-S-X-O-F-F-E-E, kariscoffee.com. Uh, but if you find me on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, you're going to find links out there. We're doing a fundraiser right now to get this thing off the ground and get moving. But I'm telling you, it's going to be an amazing thing where if you love really good coffee and you want kids to go to school where otherwise they couldn't and eat food where they're actually starving to death, then buy our coffee. Do that. But what I said earlier at the beginning of all this, the, the thing that kept me awake last night, I should have said um, – it struck me when Ace was talking, he said that he doesn't want there to be any death, you know, everything from people dying in, in wars to animals dying unnecessarily. That's a that's a core Christian tenet. And I'm a, I'm a guy of faith and I'm not everybody, not everyone who listens to this podcast believes. That's fine. But I, I'm a guy who loves Jesus. And as this core to what I what I believe is that every death is tragic, not not just live a long, good life, and then die at an old age, that's still tragic to God because death shouldn't exist. It's, a, again, a core tenet of, of Christianity. God did something about that. And what I kept coming back to last night is he's painting Ace. I mean, Ace was painting a picture of the resurrection. And so that should energize all of us because at the resurrection, there's going to be animals and people living together in eternity with no death. That's the whole point. If, if it's perfect resurrection, if that's what Christians believe, and if you don't believe that and you're a Christian, you need to ask yourself some serious questions. That's the idea. Yeah, that, that's in line. God thinks the death of every animal and person is a tragedy. 
And we believe he did something about that. So we ought to we ought to be listening to that viewpoint with that in mind. That that's not that's not outlandish. It's not crazy. It's a reality that that should hit, hit all of us. That death is a problem. And uh, I'm thankful that I, I have this faith that tells me that God did something about it. So that's all I wanted to say. Um, thanks again to Ace. Um, email me if you want me to talk about something or have a question or yell at me. I don't care. All the things with LukeTim at gmail.com. Um, you can follow me, Instagram, Twitter, all that kind of stuff. I think I said this earlier. I don't remember. Whatever. Uh, Luke underscore Tim, two M's. Uh, Kari's Coffee, we're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Again, that's with X's, X-A-R-I-S, X-O-F-F-E-E. Cool. Thanks, boys and girls. Uh, love that you tuned in. Love that you're listening. Um, Till next time, be good. Be good.